0: Welcome to That's What She Pled with attorneys Christina Goldberg and Julie Lurson from Lurson Goldberg LLC, law powered by women. It's time to shake up the old standards of law and of business. Join these two witty, intelligent, and sassy female business owners who are taking their industry by storm, challenging stereotypes and shattering ceilings. These two are on a mission to educate, empower, and support not only their own clients, but other powerhouse female entrepreneurs. Come for a laugh and stay for the vibe as Julie and Christina hold nothing back and share the truth of what it is to be female attorneys and business owners through discussion of current events, original stories, and inspiring guests. Now onto the show. We are back.
1: Happy Tuesday, everybody. This is Christina Goldberg and Julie Lurson, and we are Lurson Goldberg Law Powered by Women. And we have, it's so funny because I listen to a podcast and every time he releases a podcast, he says, I have a a special treat for you. And every time I thought, well, gosh, it's not special if you say it every time. So uh, (laughs) I'm saving that for this one. We actually have a special treat for you. We have our newest attorney on our podcast with us. We have Laura Howell here today, and Laura, we're going to get in a little bit to her story and talk about her and let her tell you what she does and why she's such an incredible asset to our firm. We thought, though, it it would be important just a little just a little recap. I mean, I don't remember. I don't know, Julie, how many episodes we're in now? Twelve something, something like that. 12. I mean, we're big time
2: now, and we're twelve days till Christmas or something like that. Are we?
1: No, I think we're 13.
2: Well, it's, the, That's it's okay. Tuesday. We're two days to my birthday. Okay. That's what matters. Let's,
1: t- let's well, be real people. There's
2: that holiday too.
1: Right, exactly. So you can just take the, the birthday balloons that are still in your office and you can just bring them right down the hall to mine. But <clears throat> I digress. So a little bit about people who really know us and maybe maybe some, anybody who might've listened to a podcast here and there knows Law Powered by Women was sort of, it. we- it was such a natural progression for us, and when when Julie and I fell into partnership together, and I and I say that we really it it just everything fell together as though it was meant to be. But for us, when we when we created this partnership, we really knew that we wanted to grow. We just we needed to get kind of into it. We needed to get situated and and figure out and really focus on our practice, and then and then figure out what are going to be the best things that we can move move on to offer to our clients. And so a few years ago, we added elder law, estate planning, a huge, hugely important area of law, but always knew that our next step was going to be family law. And so we sat on it and sat on it and (laughs) sat on it and had faith in the universe as I, I tend to do. And Julie's, Julie's coming on board with me. She's being a little more frou-frou university with me, just kind of sat back and had faith in the universe to bring us the person. We didn't have any idea who it was going to be, but here we are. And the more that we wanted when we, when we started now, six and a half years later, we have in Laura and we are just uh, beside ourselves thrilled to have Laura with us.
2: Welcome, Laura. Let me, let me give a a little bit of a backstory. Everybody knows what a Venn diagram is, right? You know, you have got concentric circles and the overlapping piece. So for Laura and, and me, we have been, pretty actively engaged with a local organization, well, actually statewide, but Florida Association for Women Lawyers. There's chapters both uh, really involved in the Sarasota chapter. In fact, we serve on its board. And um, I think, Laura, this is not your first rodeo serving Mm -hmm. on the board. I think you took probably some kind of mandatory hiatus and then we got you back. Yes. And I, I was... Able to persuade her last year when I headed up the organization to be my second in command. And anyway, we, we became, obviously we were colleagues, we became friends, we, you know, got to know each other more and more. And then at an event that fall, that's, that's the acronym had last spring with Christy there. I said, Kate, come here. You got to meet somebody. And um, honestly, it was like kismet. Cause Truly. She was sort of picking our brains about how we dealt with some issue. And we were asking her questions in response. And then I don't know, Laura, if you know this part of the story, but anyway, one thing led to another. And then as I'm leaving the event and driving home, I'm like, I got to call Christy. Like, Christy, are you thinking Mm -hmm. what I'm thinking? Yep. And therein began a conversation. And so, as of gosh, just is it just a month? It feels longer. In, in the best of ways, month. of course, Six Laura years. joined us. And yeah. so let me just finish with my Venn diagram thing. So we had our <laughs> holiday party over the weekend to celebrate the holidays. And I learned and Christy learned that Laura is the embodiment of all of us, all of us <laughs> attorneys. So she's a, she's a little bit Christy. She's a little bit Julie and she's a little bit Neil. kind of like that. I'm a little bit country. I'm a little bit rock and roll. So anyway, with that long introduction, Laura, welcome. Let me let you speak. Thank you. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, Let me tell us a little bit about, you know, how you got to where you are. What made you become a lawyer? I don't know. What's your backstory?
3: Not sure how much of that I want to really share, but I.
2: (laughs) Secrets are
1: good, Laura. Secrets are good.
3: Yes. I started law as a second career, so I had done other things prior to, and I went through an ugly family law situation. I'll just leave it at that, and was very thankful for my attorney and the process and the judges and everything worked out beautifully in the end, and I just really got a heart For people who go through it and especially the ugliest of the ugly. I had been, my uncle was a lawyer um, when I was in high school. I was a foreign exchange student and I lived with a family in Ecuador and the father of the family was a justice on the Supreme Court. And so I was always very exposed to what being a lawyer is and what that looks like. And so I think from very young, I had, I was drawn to law, but then certainly going through that experience really gave me an appreciation for it. And so I got the crazy idea that, Hey, maybe I should go to law school at 36.
1: Best decision ever. Thank you very much.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's worked (laughs) out well.
1: Well, and a lot of times we find that our, and I I mean, it's, it's so visible in you with, with your clients and and what you've brought to us, our personal experience with a particular yes. issue is what can really act as our why, right? Simon Sinek. Mm-hmm. Um, it can really act as our, as our driving force, our impetus to, to really do something better. And it can sound <clears throat> overly cliche really to say I'm in this because I love to help people, but it's the same. I think for, for Julie and I, and for Neil, all of us have a heart for the people that we are helping. Let's be real. Business is business. And we have to support ourselves. But every single one of us has a heart for who we're helping and what we do. And that is the truth, which is why I think, and immediately after the first time I met you immediately after Julie's not lying, we ended up on the phone on the way home immediately. Me doing my whole universe feels I was just presented with this, this person that that we've been waiting for. And Julie kind of having felt that feeling just before and said, let's get Christy involved. But it's, I think that's why you, you just are such a seamless fit right into our little family here, because we all have that same empathy and desire to really, truly help the people that we're, that that we're representing. And that I think is what sets us apart. I like to think that's what sets us apart as a firm.
2: Well, and I think another unique thing about Laura's passion for family law is just having been on the, the other end of it in a difficult situation, but surrounded by like a system that really worked to her, to her favor and having a good experience with that. I mean, I don't know that it's that uncommon that somebody has been a client and that's what propels them into a field. And it's usually either because they had a really good experience or bad they had a really bad one <laughs> and they think they could do it better. Yeah. And Laura had a challenging personal situation, but had a really positive experience. Ultimately, I don't want to speak for you. That makes you an an incredibly empathetic. And I think clients sense that hundred percent. Yeah.
3: And and it was, it was, it was positive from the judge to the guardian ad litem to my attorney, to the other side's attorneys, even Um, it just, I, I got a great example of how it can work really well to make people's lives better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I,
1: it's interesting because I, I mean, I know, I think Julie probably thinks this too, is we, I run into it now and then like, okay, you're, you're women owned, women led the firm and now another, another female attorney working for us. The it's interesting, oh,
2: no I know commentary where this is going.
1: necessary, but it is interesting that three of the four attorneys in this firm have been married and have been divorced The only one who's not divorced is Neil, is our male attorney. The question, I mean, I still get, and I I don't, I don't mind fielding the question, but I still get, you know, why are you single, or why are, why did you divorce, or why are all the female attorneys in your firm divorced? And I find it very interesting to to think about and kind of field the question. I my only, my thought is that there's a there's as well certainly for me as I've gotten older, I've realized my value. And I've realized what doesn't serve me any longer and, and was able to kind of change, change that situation. Wouldn't change my past for anything, but was able to change the the situation that I was in. But it is super, it is super interesting for, for a couple of female business owners who already, who already run into the, are you lesbians question? <laughs> Neither of us having a ring on our left fingers also kind of, kind of adds to it. And now here we are with another powerhouse female attorney who also just happens to, to be divorced. So it's kind of fascinating to me.
2: But family law is more than just divorce. Yeah. Right, Laura?
3: Yes, it is.
2: I'm sure that's the bulk it of your is. clients come with some divorce or divorce related issue. But, like, what else is I, there?
3: Honestly, I have paternity as much as I have divorce, also. Um, prenup, and paternity meaning what?
1: Just for people who don't know um, what paternity is.
3: The parties are not married and they have a child together. And so establishing in Florida law who the father of the child is so that they have the legal rights that come along with that. And you represent both
1: moms or dads in those scenarios. Correct. Correct. Yeah. 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 And I'm correct in saying that if you are, if a child is born in wedlock, it is a presumption that that child is, is a child of, of the mother and the father. Yes, but it is. The other does not apply. So if the child is born out of wedlock, you actually have to have formal testing and paperwork
3: yes. established. Um, they can waive the DNA yeah. testing, but yes, I mean, you either have to agree right. or, and then it has to be established by the court. Absolutely. Okay. And so paternity. something else that I've, something else that I've done that was incredibly rewarding was an adult adoption. And that was, and that was done to right the wrong of naming the wrong father in the, in the paternity situation or in the, in the marriage situation, the person who, um, my client had always believed to be her father ended up not being her father. And so years, years later, prior to her real father's passing, they were able, we were, I was able to help facilitate having his name, him named as her father, getting her birth certificate corrected and doing all that before he passed. So that Aww. was a very happy, yeah, um, bittersweet situation. Mm-hmm. I love that.
0: Yeah, Aww. it was great.
3: And Aww. name changes. There have been several people I've helped get their name changed properly, either because they didn't do it at the time of a divorce or just because they wanted to change their name entirely. And you can
1: do that you can just choose to change your name absolutely you can sure if i want to be a smith britney spears can i just go become christina smith
3: there's a process but yes
1: why didn't i know this i don't know okay i
2: like that that's fascinating okay however well Larson Smith just doesn't have the same ring. No, it might ruin stuff. It might ruin stuff. Yeah.
1: Oh my might gosh. Be cost prohibitive. So you do, but divorce means you also handle like child custody stuff, mm-hmm. um, parenting plans. Time sharing. Uh, yes. Time sharing. Okay. So paternity, you child do adoption, support. child support. Yes. And you can do, you can do one without the other, right? I mean, you can do, you can do something having to do with child support without having to be involved in the divorce. Yes. And vice
3: versa. Correct. Modifications of either time sharing or child support also okay. come up after and you, a dissolution is finalized.
2: You okay. mentioned guardian ad litems. Yes. So um, I know I've a few times been a volunteer guardian ad litem in some family situations that come up very often. I mean, we do know family law can be rather
3: contentious. I haven't had it come up that often, but certainly if it's a high conflict case, it can be very useful to have a guardian ad litem.
2: Yeah. So in in that situation, a court appoints you or the parties agree or or whatever to have a third person involved to represent the best interests of the children and make sure that Yeah, their best interests are being represented in court so that the court in turn can make an appropriate decision about how much time they spend with mom or dad and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So, um, Julie and I have
1: both gotten involved in the guardian ad litem program. It's been a minute since I have served as one, but my last was just a nightmare at a teenager who continually ran away, but then would call me in Mm -hmm. the middle of the night and say, come pick me up. You can't do that as a guardian right um but it actually surprised me the amount of weight that a judge gives to a guardian who who genuinely really i guess it's because it's a it's a neutral third party really but you've got Mm -hmm. nothing to do with the child other than interviewing the parents interviewing teachers um showing up at the school kind of gathering information figuring out you know behaviorally all of these things with the with the child it's fascinating because it seems certainly in that case i mean the judge the judge wanted to hear what I had to say. He really didn't care too much what either of the attorneys had to say, because certainly in Florida, I don't know about other states, but the standard is best interest of the child.
3: Yeah. And the attorneys are hired to advocate for their clients. Right. So it's helpful to have that neutral person. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was fascinating to me when I handled it. Like I said, it's been it's been a minute since I've had one assigned, but that one, I think it just took it out of me. I like, stop, 2 a.m. My phone is ringing and
2: she's saying, please come get me. I can't,
1: oh. I can't do it. It was bad. It was a bad one. What yeah, is, I've-
2: I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I've done a few of them. Thankfully, I've never had that experience. Um, it just tends to be mom and dad at, at odds. And they're they're always in situations when you're pro bono where there's there's not a lot of money, but there's just, there's just a lot of conflict. Hey, sorry
1: for the interruption. I know you're listening to the that's what she played podcast, and I am so happy you're here. If you have any questions, please head over to law by or look in the show notes to find out how to reach us. We would love to hear from you. So
0: that's what, what think- are some
1: of the funny things like the Let's lighten this up a little bit, funny or weird, or do you have any examples of anything that was like, "Gosh, Thinking fighting over the Tupperware? It.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know you get some of that really petty stuff at times, and you the it it can be it can be certainly funny, but I really stop and laugh when I have either my client or opposing party come in and say i'm not paying a dime i will quit my job i will uh, become unemployed and live that way or i'll do this or i'll do that yeah i have to yeah have to laugh i mean there's some things put in place that <laughs> you, you're not going to get away with that kind of thing for very long for sure yeah, it doesn't work that way
1: yeah it doesn't
3: work that way yeah so the imputation of income is a fun discussion
1: Sure. Have you ever had like a bad, And I'm I don't know the answer if you even have one, but like a battle royale over some specific item or some, just the funniest thing to you. Like sometimes it's bequeathments or, you know, in a, in a will, like this yeah. little statue, I want this to go to this person. And then there's a fight. <laughs> Is there anything like that
2: from a divorce that
1: you
3: have?
2: Sounds like better call Saul episode. right? Exactly. That's exactly yeah.
3: what I'm thinking. <laughs> well, yeah, I've had clients come back After the fact, everything you think, everything's settled, everything's done, and it should be all smooth sailing. And then the least little thing set them off and they are out for blood again. And I've I've had some people where I've said, okay, you're going to spend a lot of money. Right. Fighting. Is this really worth it to you? (laughs) Right. Right?
1: Yeah. And that's one of our, I find, well, with, and I I think Julie finds this too, you know, sometimes it's really easy. You can have clients come to you and say, well, I want, I want a fighter. I want somebody who's going to really fight for my interest in a pit bull. And, and, but part of our job as, as the attorneys and as your counselor is to say, yeah, but is that smart? Right. Is that smart? And so it's Mm -hmm. very easy sometimes, you know, uh, I went to a mediation recently and I'm always very careful when I go to, to mediations that with my client the last thing I want is my client thinking I'm sitting there refusing to take something to trial or pushing my client to to settle when I, it's because it's in his best interest to do so, because I know exactly how much money would have to be spent to go to trial and push come to shove, he would end up getting less in the in the end right. anyway. But that's a tough,
2: foolish yeah. And I, I think in yeah. family law, you know, emotions are so big, at least in the injury arena. I mean, there's there's rarely a case where there's any kind of Existing relationship between the the people. Yeah. Um. It doesn't mean that people don't get personal. Uh, there's no personal pre-existing stuff that you have to deal with. Somebody feels they've been wronged. Oftentimes in divorce, one person is more interested in divorcing than the other. So yeah. It's hard. Angry. Yeah. Sad. Mad. Yeah. That's when rational thought, when those emotions are big, rational thought tends to be harder to come by. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely.
1: Do you frequently have clients reconcile when they, after they've come to you?
3: <laughs> I have had that. It's interesting. I've had a couple and one is still going strong, which is great. And the other, we are now on divorce.
2: You mean had, they tried it works So now they're back.
3: Yes. Yeah. So I've had it go both
1: ways. Yeah. What are your thoughts on prenup? I have an, I have an opinion. It's funny when 20 years ago, prenups offended me to think if my, if my now ex-husband had presented me with a prenup, I think I probably would have thrown it in his face and said, how could you today? I sort of think they're about the most romantic thing ever invented, (laughs) (laughs) right? But that's just me. What are, what are your thoughts? Do you do a lot of them?
3: I do I I I do some I think that where I see it makes the most sense and we is a second marriage yeah or mm. or more and you've got two sets of children yes. and both parties want some protections in place for their respective children be it heirlooms or just making sure that they're provided for and they've come into the marriage with two homes and they've come into the marriage with two or are coming into the marriage. And so I've seen it work quite well in those cases and be very, I don't know if romantic's the word, but at least (laughs) extremely amicable. No one is offended, certainly. and, And everyone's on the same page of, hey, look, Let's just protect our legacies that our fam- that we have for our respective families. And yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah.
1: For me, I think like with at this point, if you've got a prenup, it means you're together because you choose to be together. There's mm-hmm. nothing ro- more romantic than that, right? You're not mm-hmm. together because you're afraid of what happens if you're no longer together. Right. So, but it's interesting how with with age, things things change in one's mind.
3: Mm-hmm. It definitely... You know, it eliminates so much of the stress or the worry. Right. This is how it's going to be. If anything does happen, we're believing it won't happen. But right. now we don't have that's completely off the table.
2: Yeah. If we die or divorce, we know what it's going to look like, and we don't mm-hmm. have to stress about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So postnups is that a very common postnups? Are they harder to enter into?
3: Yeah, they're they're definitely scrutinized. More, you want to make sure that there's not coercion on either side or anything like that to the extent possible, but certainly useful, can be useful. Hey, how do we want to figure this out? We can still try to work on our marriage, but, and I've had cases where it it just, some kid issues came up and they just wanted to be able to say to both families, you know, let's just remove this from the kind of what I was talking about before. Let's remove it from the equation so everybody can have peace of mind.
1: Right. And would a yeah. postnup typically come up when there are problems in a marriage, or what is a is a postnup just oops? Not we didn't necessary. get around to the prenup. We just not necessarily. So, I yeah. mean,
3: I've had somewhere it was that it was too close to the marriage, and so you know there's some there's some case law out there. You know, you want to be careful how close to a marriage you are that it's not like a threat. Okay. I planned this big elaborate wedding and I've got 200 people coming and we have spent $20,000 or whatever the going rate is today. Oh. And, oh, by the way, the day before here's your prenup. Right. So for, for it's better in that sort of instance to say, no, let's just get married and sign the post up and mm-hmm. not, not worry about this being a you can imagine, what am I going to do? Tell 200 people, to come. I've got all these gifts to return. I've got, you know, the caterer to cancel and the, you know, it's just a, too much of a duress. Embarrassment.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What is the, what is the case I'll say about that? So under that, uh, I'm thinking, so it's undue influence. They end up signing the the prenup.
3: It's one of the factors that a judge will consider and whether saying it's valid or not valid.
1: Okay. so So the, ultimately it would be later so on, we're throwing cases, that out.
3: But,
2: and I, yeah. and I'm sure a lot of it also has to do with what kind of position people come into the Absolutely. partnership.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. It's not yeah. one single thing, but yeah, the yeah.
2: Of-, of course, totality of circumstances.
1: Does it then, and this is just sheer curiosity on my part, does it then matter? So what if, what if, you know, husband presents wife with the prenup the day before this massive wedding, wife signs the prenup, they are then married for 20 years. At that point, is there, is her kind of statute of limitations over or can she still go
3: back and say, well, no, you can definitely raise all those issues. I can't say what a judge would decide, but certainly it's fair game as an issue. Fascinating. I I guess one
2: observation, family law cases to the extent that they, they need to go to court are heard by a judge. There is no jury. Right.
1: Right. So a lot of people think, well, in order to, I mean, talk about it quickly in order to divorce, you know, if, if he cheated that I can divorce and I can take I everything litigate from him, that. Is that, yeah. right. Is that, is that how that works or what, what do you need to get divorced and what matters and what doesn't and why?
3: You don't need anything to get divorced. It's a no fault state. So if you want to divorce, you get one. It may take some time to get there, but you certainly, you get one. A lot of people come in with the alimony. I mean, not alimony, the uh, adultery piece, and it. You know, in this day and age, judges really ca- care less. I don't care too much. No, yeah. it's the standard is were marital assets dissipated on the extramarital affair. So, did yep. you fire a fur coat? Did you or did you buy they on a extravagant vacations? Or, yeah. yeah whatever, you got to be able to prove that marital money. And then maybe, maybe you can claw some of that back.
1: Does it have anything to do with ultimately
2: the alimony award?
1: No, property alimony.
3: No, child support. No, well,
2: maybe child time sharing time sharing. If you're inappropriate with your girlfriend in front of your kids or boyfriend. Yeah. I suppose a guardian ad litem might not take kindly to that. Anyway, bring yeah, that. I mean, circle. there are
3: arguments you can always, yeah, try to make, but by and large, judges—if you're going into a trial—I mean, they—they they don't want to deal with nonsense. So,
1: yeah,
3: and rightfully so. They're wanting to figure out what's the best interest of the child. What are the assets? What are, I mean, it's a hard job.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, in all- some ways, it's very transactional <laughs> in the end.
3: mm Hmm yeah a lot more so than people would
2: right imagine. right well let me let me ask you something let's just switch gears like what is something what's your most proud moment
3: I would say my most proud moment well that's Asking me most as a issues. lawyer, as a lawyer, let's, just, let's <laughs> narrow the question a People little bit. You, What's your favorite song? Well, I've got a top 10 list. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's me too. I'm like, I
1: can't answer that question. Yeah, yeah it so.
3: depends. Yeah, But I would say, I would say graduating law school was a very, very proud day for me because I went through law school as a single mom with three sons. And when I started law school, my sons were two, seven and 12. Mm. And not to toot my own horn or anything, but toot, you but toot it. <laughs> law school is hard enough. If you're a young person with only, Absolutely. Care for. <laughs> yeah. so I, you know, I don't advise my path and the fact that I finished it all and I didn't finish in the lower 20% was nothing short of a miracle to me. Wow.
2: I didn't know your youngest. And, and, and they didn't, their dads weren't really local.
3: No, I had no local dads. So So
2: it was all on Laura. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Although I, I do have to say, I had some great people from my church. I had some great girls who worked with me at the attorney general's office in economic crimes who were college students younger who helped me at different times with the boys and so I had a great support system as far as you know I surrounded myself with some some great friends who really um loved us mm-hmm. as family so that was really neat and one thing I loved doing during law school is Thanksgiving was usually the week before exams and so a lot of us did not go home for family Thanksgiving. So I would do a friends giving at my house and do the traditional big meal that a a I would have loved to have had a laura and my friend group
1: yes
2: you know this doesn't
1: surprise me to hear about you it it doesn't
2: (laughs) you 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 do this uh, you do the same thing to this day you're just no longer in law school but you have a Mm -hmm. big network of laura fans oh and christy and i are now Mm -hmm. part of that club chief among them yes
1: Yeah. I definitely
3: pride myself in being someone you can call if you need something. And I try to help
1: literally always.
3: I don't have all the answers by any stretch, but yeah. How does it feel
2: to have had your first podcast
3: experience, Laura? (laughs) It's great. (laughs) It's great. I'm I'm thankful. Thank you all for asking me to join in. Um, There was one thing that you had asked me about that we haven't talked about, and that was that I collect golf balls. So if anybody right. takes any fabulous trips, bring me a golf ball. Please bring I'll a golf support. ball. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but she's not a golfer.
3: I'm not a golfer, but some of my a good story memories with my dad, God rest his soul. He was a big golfer and he would take me as his caddy. <laughs> <laughs> And so I would go around with dad on the golf course and we would find golf balls. And he actually started me in my collection. So I um, have a lot of fond memories with him doing that.
1: I love that. So you collect golf balls from different courses,
3: courses. I have a whole section of my collection that's from actual golf clubs. And then I have from, Countries I've visited, states I've visited. I have logo golf balls. I think Larson Goldberg needs some logo golf balls.
1: We do. <laughs> Who here golf?s Does anybody golf matter? Know, Does anybody want a
3: like, golf ball? But you, can <laughs> sponsor, you can have golf
2: balls can, simply to collect them. That's true.
3: Yes, and you can sponsor golf, golf tournaments, tournaments. I mean, we do. Charity.
2: So, yeah, that's true. That's
1: awesome. We already, I mean, we already sponsor the Wendell Foundation every year, their golf tournament. This is yeah. brilliant.
2: Look at you marketing. <laughs> we may have
1: to do Not that. Not
3: self-serving at all. Hey, now
2: <laughs> <laughs> imagine, so imagine Wendell what it's ball. like to tee off with a law powered by women golf ball. Golf.
3: That's right. you am going to be
2: on the greens in no time. You can't
1: even take me to Top Golf though. I can't even swing. I can't even swing a oh, club. On. I can't we figure can out to how to do it.
3: Well, okay. Yeah, maybe top stroke.
1: There you go. Let's okay, right. let's do let's do some team bonding at top golfer pop stroke something Europe. like that. Yeah.
2: We'll do that. We'll do that next time. Oh my god. Well, thank you for joining us, Laura. And yes, we know thank that you. people can find you by finding law powered by women.
0: Yes. You would
2: normally ask, how can people find you? You're right here. You're right down the hall
0: for you're us. Just, you're
2: just a right.
1: I know, but the we got to get you some nails to hang your away. golf balls. Yeah. They're not I know. Well I need them.
3: I need to hang them up in my lovely office. I
1: know. I know. Wow. It's not going to be
3: surprised. Yet. My two big cabinets. They're heavy.
1: I love it. <laughs> I love it. I can't wait to see those up. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's about it. I think we've I think wrapped that's a up. Wrap. Yeah. yeah. So we'll you can, y'all, thanks for all joining three us. Of us. Yes. You can find all three of us. Well, all, all, all four and of us. Nail. Neil's not here all three of us and Neil, uh, we're at www.lawpoweredbywomen.com. I think you can send us fan mail. You can find our email addresses there and our our office address. I mean, that would be super fun. I know this podcast is taking off. So we love having fun with it. And thank you all for listening. And we will talk to you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to That's What She Pled podcast. Don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Larson Goldberg lawyers. The content has been made available for general informational and educational purposes only and may not constitute the most up-to-date legal or other information. The content is not intended to be a substitute for legal advice from your individual attorney and the information provided does not and is not intended to constitute
3: legal advice.